Hi, everyone. This is Kelly with Two Broads Talking Politics, and I'm here today with Nate Lerner and Ryan Knight from Build the Wave. Hi, guys. Hey, Kelly. How's it going? Hey, how's it going? Great. So maybe we can start with the first obvious question, which is, what is Build the Wave? Well, Build the Wave is a grassroots democratic organization. Our mission is to connect volunteers, activists, and donors with Democrats running in the races that matter most. You know, it's been pretty easy so far to identify the big races. We had, you know, Virginia, Alabama, Pennsylvania, and now Arizona, of course. But, you know, that certainly won't be the case in November. We're going to have a lot of races going on at once. And it's going to be very difficult, I think, for people to know where to allocate their time and their energy and their, their money and resources. So our mission is to help them make, make the, the most effective difference. Okay, great. So maybe we could then talk a little bit about who the two of you are and what your backgrounds are, how you got to be doing this sort of grassroots work. Nate, do you want to start? Yeah, sure. So my background is in political campaigns. I was involved in several electoral campaigns since 2012. And then I actually was pretty set on getting out of campaigns. It was a little burnt out uh, for most of 2016. But then, lo and behold, Mr. Donald Trump rolls around. He starts coming to power, starts coming to the forefront as well within, within Republican politics. And that really lit a fire under me and got me back in the race, back in the game. So I, I co-founded the Democratic Coalition and was a part of that for the majority of the, the 2016 general election and then in the months after Donald Trump's presidency. But looking ahead till November, I knew I wanted to focus more on the grassroots side. So I, I worked with Ryan to, to co-found Build the Wave, and, and here we are. Okay. And Ryan, what's your background? Yeah. So my background is in politics as well. I managed a few campaigns here in Los Angeles, uh, in West Hollywood. And uh, like Nate, when 2016 happened, I realized it was time to organize and I got very active in the resistance. And I started a, a Twitter account at Proud Resistor literally the day after the election. And It started with kind of realizing, you know, Trump was using Twitter to kind of spread his messages and they weren't always true. And so I thought, you know what, we need a platform where we can just start kind of sharing messages and, you know, bringing people that were active in the resistance together. So that's kind of where I started going from a local level in politics to getting more on a national level. And I just kind of started sharing truth to power and it started resonating with people and I started connecting with people all over the country. And that's how I met Nate. I love these stories of, you know, people talk so much <laughs> about Twitter being a terrible place. But I mean, I've made friends on Twitter that <laughs> and found, yep. you know, a lot of really great people there. So I, I really liked hearing those stories about how it can be a, a force for good as well. Absolutely. And I think a force for good. And I think that's what we found with Build the Wave is we're able to kind of bring people that want to get involved, say like in the Connor Lamb race in Pennsylvania that we did, but they're in Los Angeles. And because of Twitter and just the way we're all connected, you know, we developed the platform, this texting platform that people can be in Los Angeles and help get out the vote by texting voters in Pennsylvania. So it's just been a really kind of a way to kind of bring it all together that you can have an impact, you know, in a local race in Pennsylvania from, you know, progressives and resistors all over the country. So was the Connor Lamb election the first one that you did with Build the Wave? Yeah, that was our, our big trial one. It was, you know, a good opportunity for us to experiment, but also really 
kind of unleashed our, our texting platform. And the response that we saw was really just beyond what we had anticipated. And we were actually scrambling to you know, make sure we had the, uh, the capacity and the ability to, to keep up with demand. But as a result, we, we sent yeah. over 90,000 texts and we ran really effective Facebook ads that saw a lot of engagement, both nationally and, and locally within the district. And yeah, it was just a really good platform for us to experiment with our, our approaches and kind of build the infrastructure we needed for November. You know, it, it seemed to work out pretty well. So, so we've been happy with the results. And so you said you sent 90,000 texts. That's amazing <laughs> for, yeah. for the Connor Lamb election. So how many people were involved in that effort, sending those texts? So we had over, what, 240 volunteers? Yeah, that's the number of people who actually were active as far as sending texts. So we had a lot of folks who, who signed up and were interested but just didn't have the time. But they were really yeah. eager to let us know that, hey, we want to do this again like or do this at some point, keep us in the, in the loop. So really exciting to see all the enthusiasm out there. Yeah, and what's also interesting too is is it's amazing how quickly the technology has changed. So when I managed, like, I was pretty active in local politics, like in 2013 and 2014, we weren't doing any text banking. We were still doing phone banking. And, you know, now everyone's on their smartphones and people would prefer to get a text. So it's just interesting to see how the, how you know, technology has really shifted the way things are going to be done now, you know, with, with this kind of thing. And the response has been amazing. Yeah, I just earlier today got a text from someone in Moms Demand Action inviting me to a local meeting. And I would not have responded to yep. a phone call. I probably wouldn't have answered the phone. But the text came and I said, oh, exactly. yeah, I can come to this meeting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So and that's what we're finding good success with. And it's a good tool, like in the Lamb Race, I think he won by 600 votes. So if you think about that, I mean, when we were able to hit 90,000 Democratic voters in Pennsylvania a few days leading up to the election and we, we, hit, we hit voters on election day, I mean, that can really have an impact when an election is decided by only 600 votes. So, uh, you know, we just we feel really strongly about kind of the impact it can have, especially in these closer races that we, that we want to swing and flip blue. So how does the tool actually work? Are people sending texts from their phones or from a website? Yeah, this is uh, something we want to you know, express to people that it's, you know, A, it's free, and then B, it's not from your actual number. So I'm really glad you asked. <laughs> We've had a lot of people express concern about that. But it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's through this uh, website called Ground Game. And they actually, the guys who made it, were the ones who, who ran the uh, texting program for the Clinton campaign. And then afterwards, they founded this texting platform, and you can access it through a browser. So you can use your phone, you can use a computer. And we prepay for all the texts, and it's, it's sent through a local number. And then you can see the responses coming in and reply back to people. And so it's, it's really easy to use. And we've had a lot of folks who aren't you know, necessarily very tech-savvy be very successful with it and send hundreds of texts. So it's, it's been really fantastic. Yeah, so the text actually isn't sent from your phone. It's sent through our platform that we set up on our website through Ground Game. And so if, if you text a voter and then they text back and they have a question about, I don't know where my polling place is, or I don't know who Connor Lamb is, what are the sorts of responses that people give then? So what's cool is we actually, part of the, the platform, it comes with these canned responses that we can pre-write for volunteers. So they can go in and the voter says, oh, how do I find my polling place? There'll be a canned response prepared for polling location. They can just click on it. I mean, they can edit that accordingly, or if they know, they can, can do it on their own. But we actually, where we had the most success of the lamb race 
was definitely on election day, people saying, oh, can you tell me where my polling location is? And then the, the, the volunteer would either send them the link to look that up or they would ask their address and they would look it up for them. And we had several anecdotal stories that, you know, folks were saying, wow, this is so great. I got to help uh, you know, a handful of people find their polling locations. And in a race as tight as we saw in Pennsylvania, you know, that can make all the difference when you're getting a few extra votes out. And so the other cool project that you guys did just recently was texting unregistered voters. So can you talk a little bit about what that was? Yeah, definitely. So that was, we discovered, we worked with our, our data firm that provided the, the cell numbers for the Connor Lamb race. And we were we asked them, you know, what, what can you also provide unregistered numbers? And they were like, absolutely. And we knew that there was all this energy coming off of the, the March for Our Lives event. And, you know, that, that we really wanted to keep that momentum going and, and build on it. So we did this huge texting campaign where instead of texting voters, we were texting non-voters who weren't registered. And we targeted the states where online registration was available, which was actually far more than I realized. It was, it was 38 of them. And after that, it was so successful and people were so interested in texting more that we did it in the remaining states. And we just texted them a link to just to, to print out a form to mail in. And, and you know, we got to follow up with them to make sure they do. And that's what's cool, too, is we can follow up with them with everyone in a few weeks to see if they, they registered. And what did we hit? I think in four days we hit over, was it 65,000? Yeah, it was 75. We actually, again, we, like, again the, the, yeah, the, the interest was so much greater than we anticipated. And we literally just blew through the list. And we, they, the data firm didn't have any more uh, folks for us to text between yeah. the age of, of 18 and 30 who were unregistered. Because obviously that, that, it, that data is not always readily available as, as much as voter data is. And it was just, yeah, it was crazy. We, we, you know, we wish we had more people to text. <laughs> And with, you know, and with that age, you know, with Generation Z and millennials, they do everything on their smartphones. So it's the perfect, you know, it's the perfect audience for it. You know, they can get, it's one of the 37 states that has online registration. They can get a text from one of our volunteers and, you know, they can go and register right then and there on their smartphone. The one time I had high schoolers on the podcast, they did all of the arranging of the podcast over text. <laughs> I was like, what is this world? I <laughs> <laughs> so, right. Yes. Pretty soon people won't be talking anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of responses did did your volunteers report that people seemed happy to get these texts, that they were having some success in getting people to register? Could you tell, you know, what sort of response they were getting? You know, for the most part, yeah. the response has been very positive. You know, there's always a few stories that, you know, that someone doesn't want to get a, get a message on their phone. But for the most part... The response has been amazing. And Nate, you had that amazing story too about the person who couldn't, we provided them information about getting, being able to register if you had committed a felony or something like that. Wasn't there a story about that, Nate? Yeah, it was, it was really crazy. It was, we, the volunteer sent us a screenshot of, of their text and it was this man who said, oh, you know, I'm not able to, to vote. I'm a convicted felon. And luckily the volunteer, you know, did a quick Google search and said, oh, well, you know, in, in Iowa, which is where the, the, the voter was, you know, convicted felons can appeal that, that loss of their voting right. I and mean, luckily, this, this man knew about it already, and he said he was in the process. But it really kind of was an eye-opener because it indicated the power of this, that, you know, we can communicate with these folks on the ground and, and get them information that they may not otherwise know. Because, you know, I, I'm someone who's been involved in politics pretty readily, or pretty, pretty often, and I wasn't even really familiar with this, this voting rights appeal. So it was pretty fascinating to see that, and I think really speaks to the power of of what we're doing, not just now, but also long-term, the potential this kind of work has. And I, yeah, I'd echo that. I'd also add one more thing about one of the things I've seen, heard a lot of feedback from is our actual volunteers is 
everybody wants to participate, especially with all the energy <laughs> that Trump has brought and, uh, you know, just in getting involved. And this is a way for a lot of people to get involved in a way that they weren't before. You know, it's, it's not just sending a tweet. You're actually reaching out to a voter, you know, to encourage them to get to the poll and vote, or you're reaching out to an unregistered voter to encourage them to register to vote. So we're seeing just a lot of excitement from, you know, the, the volunteers that we've brought into this. And, and that's the most rewarding thing for me is seeing that engagement, you know, because that is what it's going to take in November, it's going to take every single one of us. And it's going to take that level of engagement to, to continue to move forward and to move the progressive agenda forward and to, and to make the splash in November that we're all hoping for, you know, and that's actually why we called it build the wave because we saw a lot of people just writing blue wave, blue wave, like it's just going to happen and it's not going to happen unless we build it. Right. Like we actually have to do it. It's not just, you know, we kind of live in this new generation where it's like people will tweet something and that's great, but we have to get engaged and we have to actually build the wave if we want there to be a blue wave. So that's been a cool part of the journey just to see the level of excitement get more and more. And so then the next upcoming project, which as you're listening to this is probably Friday night, so it's going to start the next day, is with a previous guest from this podcast, Dr. Harold Tipperneni. So what are you doing for her campaign? Oh, we're really just we're replicating the, the, you know, the same model that we had from the Lamb campaign. And what's great is you know, we, we've learned from, from all our mistakes then, not that we made too many, but we certainly, it was a new, new platform for us and it was a new experience to do this texting on such a large scale and with so many remote volunteers. And we're really taking you know, everything we learned from that and, and all that we built and the infrastructure that we built up and putting it in place again. And our goal is to you know, really match what we did with the, with the lamb race, except we have a little less time. We're only doing it during the final four days. But our goal is to send 80,000 texts to, to 40,000 voters there. And we already have you know, folks who've shipped in anywhere from $5 to 100 to help us cover the cost of those texts. So you know, thank you to everyone who, who donated and made this possible. And we also have our, our whole volunteer army lined up to, to start texting already. And, and I'm sure there'll be new folks signing up once we start promoting it as well. So it, it's going to be really great to just kind of take that and, and do it all over again and just keep building for, for November. Yep. And that launches a Saturday morning. We will be texting all weekend to get out the vote in Arizona. Great. I'm going to ignore my children this weekend and just text the vote. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I think my kids would probably rather they do the texting, but I'm not sure we want that. My kids are six and three, by the way. <laughs> hey, you never know. Kids these days are pretty amazing. Yeah, they're they're good with tech. They're they're good with texting, and my kids know a lot about politics <laughs> for obvious reasons. <laughs> and this race in Arizona is really exciting because there's just been polling coming out saying that in fact she could win. So I think that this will be really exciting, and will really come down to turnout. Absolutely, it's definitely going to come down to turnout. And you know, like 2016 taught us, <laughs> it's great. You know, she's up I think one percent in the latest poll, but. As we learned in 2016, polls don't matter. What matters is getting out and voting. And so with our platform, that's essentially all we're doing is we're just encouraging people, encouraging them to vote. And uh, unfortunately, too, some of these special elections, although they get a lot of buzz, sometimes the turnout in the special election isn't as good as it's going to be in, in a general election, you know, in November. So just another reason that 
I think our platform will really be able to hopefully help you know, push the turnout up. And one thing I thought was incredible is that we started our fundraising yesterday because we got in, you know, we just decided, hey, we need to help. We're all here. And we raised pretty much covered our the cost for the entire text campaign for the 80,000 texts in almost 24 hours, which is just phenomenal. If you think about it, like through grassroots donating, through $20 donations, like it just shows that if you can organize and you can get the infrastructure ready, like you can do it. And it's just Nate and I and all our amazing volunteers. So it's pretty cool. I think one of the great things is knowing exactly what your money is going toward. So that's one of the things that's, you know, sort of mysterious about political campaigns, right, is if I donate $10, I have no idea where this $10 is going toward. Is it going toward mailings or campaign ads or what? So this sort of thing where you know exactly if I give $10, it is going toward this texting platform, I think can be really sort of exciting for people who are donating money. Absolutely. One of the things I I say to Nate and Nate's on the same page too, it's like, there's no reason to do any fundraising unless you have a function or a purpose to fundraise for, you know, it's like that's, and so like what we did a fundraiser two weeks ago to register the millennial and generation Z voters. And we did a fundraiser to text for lamb. And now we're doing one to, you know, to text for her all. And so, yeah, it's, I love that part about it. It's transparent. We're upfront about what we're doing. And I think that just, like you said, people know, like, I'm going to give $10 and they know what it's going for and they know it can make a difference. So. I really couldn't agree more. And what's, what's so crazy too is how, how far a dollar goes. You know, these, these texts cost um, about you know, two and a half cents per text. And so a donation of, of $25 allows us to send a thousand texts. And so you know, our biggest message to folks is, you know, it may feel disheartening when you see all this big money coming in from Republicans, but because of the energy that's happening right now and um, you know these new advancements in technology, you can really stretch a dollar pretty far, and we've been able to do that. So every yeah. dollar goes a really long way, and especially with, with this kind of work, because we're not we're not paying people to sit around sending texts. You know, we're not paying a lot for the technology. It's just you know we pay per text, and that's it. The rest is is you know, all volunteers and other folks helping out. And the voter and the voter data. That's the big. <laughs> Oh yeah, the that's the big one. <laughs> that's the big cost. So after we get past next Tuesday and after we all celebrate her all winning, I hope, what what are your plans moving forward? What are the kinds of things you're looking at doing over the next six, seven months? Taking a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, we're going to start to map out and plan our strategy for November. You know, there's, I think it will... There's like 119 is the latest uh, house races that are going to be competitive. So we'll kind of start there and pick, you know, the ones, maybe the 50 or so that we think we can, that are the closest and that we think whether have the best chance of flipping and turning blue. And then obviously do a few Senate races as well and kind of just map out our map out how we how we do that you know it's going to be different because now we're doing special elections and it's just one election at a time in november it's going to all fall on the same you know on the same day november 6th so it's going to take a little bit more planning and uh, a little bit more bandwidth i think but i think we'll sit down and convene and come up with a good plan nate you have any thoughts yeah, I mean, that's, it's really all about building towards November. We talk a lot about the infrastructure that we're building, um, you know, bringing in people to, to our organization and, and getting them energized and getting them 
familiar with our platform and just this whole concept of, you know, that this work matters and, and why it does and how it's effective. And the more we can do that now, you know, the less we have to worry about it in November and the more prepared we'll be because things are really going to get crazy then. I think we'll, you know, we'll probably start texting for some other candidates as well just to kind of get warmed up and start collecting some data on voters in the ground. So we're really looking forward to start to experimenting with other states and you know, other areas that don't have special elections and just really building up for November. So we've hit the ground running. So you guys must have like calendars of primary elections and Ballotpedia and stuff open all the time, just like I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I should go on a trivia contest where someone says, who's running for office in Texas 14? And I have to shout out the answer. <laughs> you know, one of the things that's interesting about it is there's there's like three or four races right now that get a lot of national media, you know, like the Beto race and Andrew Jans because he's running against Devin Nunez. So those races are, you know, obviously good ones, but I think we'll focus there. But we're also, you know, we want to lift up some of these other candidates, maybe that people aren't hearing about as much. Right. And and that's what's going to be cool, too, is to is to kind of get to work for, you know, and spread the word about those kind of campaigns. Absolutely. So you guys should all listen to Two Broads Talking Politics to hear the <laughs> candidates, and then you'll get to awesome. text for them. So it's a good win-win. Uh, awesome. <laughs> I like it. Perfect. All right. And so if people want to, A, if they want to get involved over the next few days in the, the texting for Arizona, and then if they want to just sort of follow along with what you're doing over, you know, up until November, what are the best ways to follow what you're doing? They can go to buildthewave.org. It's really the best place. You can sign up there to volunteer, and we'll, we'll keep in the loop on all the work that we're doing. And also following us on Twitter at Build the Wave. Excellent. And we'll put those links up on our website as well. Great. Great. All right. Is there anything else you want people to uh, be thinking about as we look toward November? Vote. <laughs> Tell your friends to vote. Up, yeah, vote and volunteer. <laughs> and volunteer. And also keep the dialogue open. I've... I've got, I've have a lot of family and friends who voted for Trump and I'm starting to see the more dialogue that's had and the more information that's exchanged. You'd be amazed. I've had a, like maybe five people reach out to me in the last few months saying they finally seen the light. So I think it's important as the dialogue in our politics has definitely taken a turn for the worst. I think it's also important to just keep, keep the dialogue open, keep the conversations open and I think we'll find more common ground as we start to move forward here. That's great. That's really heartening. I like I like hearing that. And yes, everyone should vote and everyone should tell all their friends to vote. I, I live in Illinois, so we've already had our primary election. And on the day of the primary, I got a text from some group or another who was texting, reminding me to go vote. And I said, oh, yeah, I voted early <laughs> several weeks ago. Then they said, OK, can you convince one other person to vote? <laughs> and I wrote back and I was like, I literally have a podcast where I tell people to vote. So yes, <laughs> yes, I can. So I, I always get amazed too. like I'll, I hear some. I'm pretty active on Twitter and I'll see some people say we're gearing up for the midterms, November 6, 2018. And I still see like some people be like, no, we don't vote until 2020. And I'm like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we vote for Congress every two years. <laughs> so yes, November 6, 2018. That, I think it's going to be one of the most important elections we've had in a long time, maybe even more important than a presidential election because we need to get a check on his power. And this is it. All right. Well, on that note, thank you guys so much for joining me on the podcast. I think this work is really exciting, and I look forward to doing some texting this weekend. 
Awesome. And we look forward to listening to your podcast. <laughs> I will have lots of candidates on over the next few weeks. <laughs> I can't wait. Thank you for listening to Two Broads Talking Politics. Our theme song is called Sweeter Vermouth and is by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Our logo is by Matthew Wefflin and is copyright 2018. You can find us on TwoBroadsTalkingPolitics.com, on Twitter and Facebook at TwoBroadsTalk, and you can find our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Pocket Casts, and anywhere else podcasts can be found. If you have any comments or questions, you can email us at TwoBroadsTalkingPolitics at gmail.com.